Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. I've got a floor burn from a Greek wedding that would make Daryl Armstrong proud. Let's go. Happily uh, survived their Hurricane Matthew with little issue, thankfully. Uh, God bless Wobbles, I guess. Uh, Spencer, I don't know about how you fared. I, I did pretty well. Um, other than part of my fence slightly coming off and very, very few branches coming down, um, I only lost power for like two hours and I slept through all that. So I did pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I was lucky I didn't lose power at all. Actually, my neighbor is on a different power grid. They lost it for 14 hours. My neighbor across the street lost power on a third separate power grid, lost it for 20 hours. I kept power all the way through, a couple of limbs to clean up, but other than that, thank God for the wobble. Yeah, that's pretty good for you, considering all the big trees you got above your house. So, um, yeah, I, I learned from years past being with my... With my, my, at my parents' house back in the day uh, during 2004 when we had all those hurricanes and especially Charlie. Um, even though twice I've had trees fall on, on my parents' roof in the past, none of them were a result of a hurricane. But, um, yeah, it's it, it, we got very lucky. Let's we put did. it that way. So, But that was pretty much the first hurricane to affect Orlando in a dozen years. Hopefully we don't get anything like that in another dozen years. So. Yeah. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, obviously, other parts of not just Florida, but the country and the and the Caribbean uh, have been hit pretty badly by Matthew. I think Haiti's death toll is like a thousand people, which is just absurd as far as just lack of infrastructure goes, and it, it's just sad because whenever an earthquake, whenever any type of like earthquake or hurricane or whatever happens, something bad like that occurs. Uh, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina have had their issues, so. Hopefully everybody gets themselves out of that situation and recovered as quickly as possible as much as they can. So I guess keeping the mood a little low, um, the Magic, we're, we're, we're doing this recording on a Tuesday evening, so the Magic just sent out a, a, a public release basically saying how they're going to honor the Pulse victims on opening night, which will be October 26th against the hated Miami Heat. Um, I'm going to read this sucker word for word just because it just makes sense for me to do it word for word. The Orlando Magic's opening night on Wednesday, October 26th will be dedicated to those who lost their lives and those whose lives have been forever changed with several tributes to honor the 49 victims who were tragically taken on June 12th at the Pulse nightclub. Among the plans to honor the victims include a tribute video highlighting the city's unity. The team will also hold a moment of silence and honor first responders from the night of the attacks as the hometown heroes. In addition, the Magic will host survivors, family members, and Pulse employees at that night's game versus the Miami Heat. And then this is the important part. The night will also include the Magic raising a number 49 banner during pregame ceremonies to honor the 49 victims. In remembrance, the number 49 on the banner will be filled with each person's name who lost their life that night. Uh, I think that's a pretty fitting tribute, I would say. Uh, good on the Magic. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. You know, if we look at teams like Orlando City, you know, the soccer team um, at the Citrus Bowl, because again, Camping World hasn't paid me to call it Camping World Stadium yet. 
Um, they had the 49 balloons on the seats, and in the new stadium that's going to open here in a few months, um, they're going to have seats dedicated to those victims. So in that, in this regard, the, the banner, I think, with the magic and the names and, and everything involved with that, I think is a very nice touch. Yeah, I think it's an appropriate way to honor the victims of that tragedy and, and to... Um, to offer a kind of diversion for a night for the people that are still living through the grief and, and horror that they endured. As you mentioned, obviously the Magic weren't playing games in June, um, unfortunately. And uh, this is the first opportunity that they have to do something to kind of, uh, you know, let, let the people know that we're still thinking about it. It's been four months since the tra- tragedy occurred, um, but it'll forever be a part of the city now, unfortunately. Um, and it's it's a it's a fitting tribute, and I'm glad that they're doing something on opening night and not during a preseason game, um, where you know basically it should be a sold out game, a full house, um, and it'll be a nice moment once again for our city to come together. I think it's cool. Yeah, no, definitely. So good on the Magic, good on ownership, and uh, let's get to a little ha- more happier yeah. topics, I guess. So, well, I don't know if it's happier because the Magic are 0 2 in preseason. So Doesn't far. matter. We're okay. Doesn't matter. We're we're doing okay right now. Um, you know, I was at Media Day, and you know, it's it. it def- this is my fifth. This is going to be my fifth season covering the Magic, and it's almost cliche because I feel like I've been saying it like every year since like Jacques Vaughn's second year. Right. But a lot of excitement. It's a lot of excitement. Um, it's a lot of just better attitudes, more, but very motivated guys. That's the thing is, you know, I can remember like, doing an article a few weeks back where literally every Magic player has some type of chip on their shoulder except for maybe DJ Augustine, and even then, he's a 5'11 point guard who probably gets just verbally abused by opponents all the time. So, you know, the the, the $7 million per year contract, it's cushy, but man's got to be motivated too as well. But, um, you know, we weren't able to watch them uh, when they took on Memphis to open their preseason campaign last week. Uh, Thankfully, because the Cavaliers are the champions and, Cleveland is Cleveland. They got the LeBron. Um, NBA TV did broadcast the game last Wednesday. The Magic did lose both games. I would say the Memphis game was definitely more competitive, uh, just based off of what we heard on the radio, what we saw from highlights and all that. Um, You know, the Cleveland game, it looked very familiar to LeBron Cavalier-type performances of years past where it's like, okay, he's either going to score or he's going to get like 12 assists, and all 12 assists are going to be three-pointers from guys we don't know. Right. I mean, uh, what what's a couple things that have popped up in your head? So, you know, as these first you know this first week of playing has gone by, you know, obviously Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, Serge Ibaka, all were not available. All of them did have started to practice in the past few days, and then the only other guy that is currently on that 19-man roster that hasn't played is Jody Meeks, who is still recovering from that foot surgery. So, what type of initial? impressions uh whether it be players whether it be style that you've seen that you want to point out spence as as you said and i want to reiterate it's important to remember that we're not playing with the full complement of players three starters and uh important impact players and frank vogel uh is is playing pairings together that he probably won't use in the regular season uh exhibition time is a time for experimentation so results don't matter, and you're trying to cut through all of that extra, uh, extra kind of mad science work to see what would be applicable in the regular season. So I, 
definitely the athleticism and and the defensive rotations i think the scheme is kind of small sample size that we've gotten to see and that's encouraging and then the flip side as we talked about when vogel was hired um we're not seeing a lot of creativity on the offensive end in terms of the sets that they're running and uh you know as a direct result of that we're not getting quality shots again small sample size so Maybe that improves as we get our starters back in the fold. Uh, obviously, spacing improves when Serge Ibaka is on the floor as compared to Bismack Biombo. But yeah, I, think... I don't want to see Biz taking uh, turnaround jumpers, and yeah, we yeah. probably won't. I'm th- I think Biz might actually get get benched if he just, starts taking turnaround jumpers in the regular season. Just like Dwight Howard, who put on a jumper display the other night, I think as the games start to count, the range gets brought in a little bit. Yeah, for I think a decade, Dwight has been showing off his jump shot and his bank shot during the preseason, and then that just vanishes and by like the third week of preseason. Yeah, especially when he I think he was going up against like the third string Cavaliers team. So, so I think there's an I think there's encouraging signs. I think those signs are on the defensive end. Uh, I'm mildly concerned about the offensive end. But again, uh, as personnel improves, maybe what you're allowed to do, what you're uh, able to do in terms of the scheme will improve too and the sets will get a little more creative. And I think part of that too is they, I don't think they've learned all the sets to be honest. I think they've just kind of gone with, you know, let's, let's yeah. get some of these lineups in that we typically wouldn't get in out of the way, you know, Vooch and Biombo, you won't see them on the court maybe more than five minutes per game. And look, too, I think this is one of the shortest training camps that the team has had in several years. And again, you're missing a full complement of players, too. So that uh, cohesion and, and, and uh, chemistry has to continue to build. And that allows you to do more on offense, get into deeper second, third options and have it flow uh, so that it looks prettier and, and delivers a result. Too. Yeah, I think individually, I would say Mario Hazonia is forcing stuff a lot. Um, that's not shocking. I, I was hoping he would be a little bit more like he was for Croatia during uh, the Olympics, um, where he, he looked damn good. And honestly, it's not like the quality of opponent that he's been going up against the, in the preseason is that much above what he faced at the Olympics. No. Um, I think he's just eager to, to impress. And, you know, he's he's had a few defensive lapses, which acts to be expected. But the offensive turnovers are a bit of a worry. Um, but I'm, I'm not freaking out yet. If he starts doing it, you know, opening week of the regular season, then we can, we can start scratching our heads a little bit. But, um, I think Mario's just very eager and Vogel to his credit, um, hasn't, hasn't really said anything that would take away his confidence. So that's kind of one little refreshing thought as far as that goes. Um, with Elford out, I've actually been fairly impressed with DJ Augustine at point guard, even though. He's not going to be one to distribute the ball very much. Um, he's been able to get to the free throw line. Uh, I was getting some like third year, fourth year Jameer Nelson flashbacks in my head, where Jameer would actually like go to the rack a lot, and he would either get the bucket or you had to foul him, and he would take the free throws happily. Um, it was pleasant to see Augustine also spread the floor out pretty nicely as well near the top of the key. Um, Fournier looks really good right now. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of secretly hoping he hits a slight cold spell now yeah. so that he heats back up again uh, once once the season begins. Now, you but know the last good. two years he started off red hot, so I would hope uh, I would I would venture a guess that he'll start this year red hot too, uh, living up to the contract. And then our hope as an organization is that 
uh, now that he's secure with the finances, that he can extend that production into the second half of the season. Yeah, I think part of his struggles as like November became December went, a lot of that was either losing touches because like a guy like Victor Oladipo would come back or... And or you could add he would get these type of small knick-knack injuries, which Nagging. which you would expect kind of – I mean, that's kind of part of the territory of being a, an NBA pro is you're just going to ha- – you're going to feel a lot better in October than you will in December or January. That's just how that works. So, um, And then Vooch, he looks in great shape playing for Montenegro at Eurobasket qualifying. He looks like he's ready to go. I'm hoping he gets a lot more touches than what we've seen out of the first few games from him, but – He's been able to show off his his passing skills. I think he had like five assists in the Memphis game. Um, He had a little bit of a a one-two going with Biombo, even though a few people kind of expected that. Um, There were some good moments between them. Uh, Let's go. Let's talk about the 14th and possibly 15th roster spot. So obviously the Magic do have 19 players on the roster currently. You can only go into the season with 15. The Magic have 13 guys under contract. That includes Steven Zimmerman and his gaudy back behind you know back of his right elbow basically um who who do you who's looked okay so far for you from the guys that are fighting for that 14th and or 15th spot you know it's Damian Rudej uh Cliff Alexander uh Rinze Onuwaku Kevin Murphy Nick Johnson and six one is leaving my head right now at the moment but we'll get probably get to it so probably not not gonna make the team not gonna make the team so uh, i think definitely uh as we touched on all throughout you know kind of the end of the summer and leading into training camp uh rudas oh brandon dawson there you go yeah (laughs) anyway uh uh, so i think he's uh gotten a lot of rotational minutes throughout the preseason and that could be a sign that you know he's the guy right now he's kind of uh got the inside track to make the make the final roster and then again uh i think cliff alexander has been he's looked a little spry and definitely more athletic than onawaku um not the same physical sturdy build but I think it'll come down, to me, it comes down between those two guys to carry another big on the roster. Yeah, people like Onwaku a lot, and I mean, I don't blame him. The guy's been busting his ass since the since he was playing Summer League for him. And, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's down to Rudish and Onwaku. Uh I do like Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy's got a fine shooting stroke, and it, he's been playing fairly decent defense. I like to see him get more minutes, actually, as as these next uh, preseason games come upon us. And I think he's earned some minutes. Um, I think people were really high on Nick Johnson. I haven't seen anything from him uh, to to think that he, he really deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah. Um, Brandon Dawson and, and I think Cliff Alexander uh, both seem to be destined for the D-League or international ball. Um, that's just no offense to them, but... It just they don't seem like good fits right now for this Magic team for what they need. Uh, I think Rudej is the favorite right now after one week, but we've been surprised as preseasons of past have gone by. So I think Kevin Murphy too. To your point, um, it might end up being a numbers game. Maybe they get some intel that Jody Meeks is slowing. You know, the healing process is slowing down. But unfortunately, with C.J. Wilcox acquired, um, you know, it kind of crowds the backcourt. So. He may not end up getting the fairest shake, even though he may put up some productive numbers in the preseason. Yeah, I think C.J. Wilcox, he came in with the hand injury. He's looked pretty good, actually. I mean, he's knocking down his shots. Yep. Um, 
it's funny because he, he was talking about how the Magic had been looking to try and trade for him pretty much day one he got drafted. And he's kind of one of those guys that popped up on my radar last year. Like, why is this guy not getting more minutes? But, I mean, obviously that's because he's behind, he was behind guys like J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford. But, you know, he's getting an opportunity and he's going to push J- Jody Meeks when Jody Meeks gets back. He might push his own if Mario keeps struggling. So we'll see how that works. Um, I think C.J. Watson... Uh, continues to struggle. Um, he looked god awful last preseason, just god awful. Um, he's a little better right now. I think part of that's because he's under Vogel and the familiar yeah. coaching, you know, staff or not staff, but just coaching situation. And it's still his. I I don't see him being higher than the third backup point guard right now. If he thought he was no. going to go in and dethrone uh, Augustine or, or Alfred, even though Alfred's been out, it's it's not looking like that right now. And you know, this is his last year where he's making the full $5 million on his contract. His next offseason, only $1 million of his $5 million per year is guaranteed. And I can see the Magic saying goodbye if he uh, if he doesn't start turning it around here. Yeah, so. it's a nice insurance policy, I guess, to have a veteran stable presence as your third-string point guard. But if he doesn't improve his performance, uh, you kind of get a Chris Duhon vibe from him. All right, so I got a fun question for you that just popped in my head. So... Aaron Gordon, he had the rolled ankle. He's back. He's healthy. He's in practice. Alfred Payton, uh, he had the strained hip flexor that he's back from. He's been practicing. And then Serge Ibaka, who he was resting with kind of a mysterious knee injury. We did find out he suffered that in a knee-to-knee uh, contact incident, which is very good news to non-contact as opposed right. to non-contact. Right. Definitely. So, um, he seems to be healthy. He seems to be good to go. Uh, Vogue, you know, Coach Vogel seemed to hint that they're going to get a lot of minutes uh, against the Spurs on Wednesday night. And so my question to you, not just for tomorrow night, but for, I guess, the next few home games. You know, they play the Pacers on the 14th, which is a Friday, and they play uh, the Hawks on a Sunday. Um, who needs? Which of those three guys needs to have a really good week yeah, out of all three? Yeah, of definitely them. Alfred Payton, I think. Uh, Serge Ibaka is a veteran uh, if he had, you know, even as he's working his way back from injury, he'll do it smartly. He'll ease himself, you know, so that he's getting ready for the games that count. While Aaron Gordon is a young player, he had demonstrated success to end last year. So he's going to come in feeling confident. Um, I'm sure that he's getting more confident in the way that Vogel interacts with him. He basically slid, uh, uh, Gordon down a spot so that there'd be room to play him in the starting lineup, but you know, for all intents and purposes. And let's face it, Alfred Payton's coming off a, a down year, whether that's strictly his performance on the court or being kind of reined in by Scott Skiles. I still think injuries hurt him, and it's something that I'm a little bit surprised that people haven't tried to analyze a bit more. It seems like I'm the only guy that's noticing that the guy suffered a lot of injuries last season, whether they be major or not. So anyway, sorry, I, and, I broke you off Well, there. to your point, too, nagging injuries are something that come with the territory, and you got to figure out a way to be effective in spite of them. So it's a th- it's a very important year. It's his third year. Uh, look, Dario Saric is coming over this year for Philadelphia. That's a direct uh, kind of comparison player that the you know who knows if they would have kept him or not. Yeah, no, but right. that's that's someone who showed glimpses of promise so far in the preseason for Philadelphia. And the point guard position across the NBA is is deep, deep with talent. And this is the point where he's got to put in some quality work, uh, yield some positive results, 
and take that confidence and turn it into a year of productive play. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It was it wasn't a trick question, but they're, they're all three of them kind of do have stuff to prove. You know, with Serge Ibaka, people think he's almost an over the hill twenty seven year old. Um, you know, we had the knee thing; people were kind of freaking out a little bit. But he's also the guy the Magic traded. You know, Victor Oladipo, Ersan Ilyasova's corpse and contract, as well as uh, Demonte Sabonis for. And right. so, you know, look, Ibaka is going to be a free agent this upcoming summer, and he needs to have not an all-star season necessarily but close to one I think for one for his paycheck and or future paycheck or just his future bank statements to look really nice right as well as the magic to make the playoffs but I agree he doesn't need to have a great week coming up um we'll be fine come come towards the end of October once the season starts and I will say too uh granted Ibaka came in a trade but the last major acquisition from the magic was Richard Lewis yeah. And he basically sat out the entirety of the preseason nursing ankle injuries and, and thigh contusions and stuff. And for the entire time that he was in a Magic uniform, he basically only missed 10 games due to suspension and was healthy the rest of the time. So you baby him through the preseason, make sure you get him right for the regular season. And as you mentioned, he has an incentive to perform for a contract, but hopefully... Uh, you know, the medical staff is, they're being cautious on purpose, and he'll be ready to go and feeling confident to, to get rolling. Good point on Richard. I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, Alfred, you, you broke it down very nicely. I mean, like, he put on that, uh, he put on a lot of muscle. Um, look, it looks like lean muscle, but he, he definitely put on muscle, knowing that he's going to want to attack the rim a lot, and he's going to want to try and deal with getting hacked a little bit better and hopefully you know his ankles hold up because really last season that was the big issue was his ankles he suffered a couple ankle sprains and and injuries and hopefully that doesn't come back to bite him again this upcoming season um we'll see how that jumper fares I mean it's I don't think he needs to be a a, a, even a 40 percent field goal or you know field goal percent shooter um at least from from outside 10 to 10 feet he just needs to be able to at least get to the hole just do his floor general work. Just get your 10 assists a night and just play damn good defense. And look, we'll be patient with the jumper. Don't yeah. worry about that. Um, Aaron is interesting because he just turned 21 years old and Aaron is already being expected to become Paul George basically. And I mean, he's, he, he's a very mentally strong kid. That's one thing. He, he's at least very mentally mature right. in my mind. Yeah. Um, whether he can be mentally strong with this added pressure, we'll see. Um, I guess that's where his lucid ads come in, I guess, that he's self-promoting. Um, but I, I agree with you. There's, there shouldn't be much pressure with him here over the next two weeks. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of attention on him, and people are going to make their, base their magic season predictions off how Aaron looks these next few weeks. And I'm excited to see how he does in that regard. And really, yeah, you're right. Can he be – we know he's a great athlete. We know he's a great finisher in terms of dunking. But can he be a basketball player? So they're going to put more responsibility on him in terms of playmaking. They're going to put him in pick and rolls. They're going to put more responsibility on him in terms of making decisions and and, um, really kind of being a fulcrum for the offense, so to speak. So uh, can he he live up to extended responsibilities? Yeah, and uh, so Wednesday, that's when all three of those guys will see the floor for the Magic. Uh, First Magic home game of the preseason. Uh, it won't be on Fox Sports 4, it won't be on television, but it's going to be on Facebook Live. Now, this and is cool. This is pretty cool. 
Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how big the audience is because, I mean, you can't actually gauge the audience because it shows you, like, how many people are alive. Um, if you live within 75 miles of Amway Center, if you don't know, you can check it out online. You can look it up, I'm sure. But if you live within 75 miles of Amway Center, you will be able to watch the Facebook live stream. And I'm and Dennis Newman and our boy Richie Adubato are on the uh, call for that one, so... I hope uh, you know there's there's an awful officiating uh, crew, or at least one bad ref out of that officiating crew, so that Richie can be just be mad the whole right. time at them. Um, I hope they do a good job of syncing the audio and the video, and that it doesn't lag too far behind. But I'm looking forward to extensive baseline camera footage from basically the knee down of every basketball player on the floor. Um, it's going to be interesting because I'm, I'm assuming because they're they're I guess tying the Facebook live feed to the in arena cameras, so yeah. it's not just one camera. It's gonna it should be just multiple cameras, and I mean. It, it shouldn't be knee-high type situations. I mean, you'll, you'll get good camera va- views, but it's a very interesting experiment. And I just pray that we get the in-arena, uh, in-game entertainment between timeouts, too. I just hope we're that lucky. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, so I'm actually pretty excited about yeah. that. I think the NBA is excited about that because, I mean, the Magic and the NBA and Team USA Basketball have experimented with, like, practices with just interviews, with various things with Facebook Live. But this is, I think, the very first actual game that yeah. they'll be able to broadcast. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are also going to do it, or the, like the Bucks. I can't remember. But I think the Magic get to be the first ones to actually do it. So Cool that the Magic are a part of. They're always uh, working in terms of technology and fan experience. So it's cool to be on the cutting edge in terms of being one of the first teams to do this. And if you don't have an opportunity to go to the game, if you're not, you know, running into tickets somehow, then look, it's exciting. It's the first time first time they'll play at home this season. Really the first time a lot of fans who don't have NBA TV, you know, casual fans get a chance to check out what the team will look like. So Yeah, if uh, you don't want to pony up to go see the Magic Live, um, this is actually a good time to go see them free because not only do you have the Facebook Live thing uh, on the 12th, Saturday, the 15th of October, this upcoming Saturday at 2 p.m., the Magic will have their free open practice, uh, which is also like a scrimmage, basically. Yeah. Half the roster goes up, up against the other half of the roster. Um, they play. They go for about an hour, and last year wasn't bad under Scott Skiles. It was certainly a lot better than what it was the year before under Jacques Vaughn. But, yeah. um, Definitely depends on who the coach is. If you haven't been to one before, as Adam said, you're you're going to see uh, intra-squad scrimmage, and you might see some drills, a little light contact, but the coach, uh, head coach, at least, is is also mic'd. So sometimes it's cool. You get to see what they're preaching, what they're harping on in terms of some of the offensive and defensive stuff. You might pick up a little uh, NBA technical jargon. Um, and I think it's fun to, anytime you can see any kind of practice and then apply it to what goes on in the game, I think it's cool for fans to get a chance to kind of see the inner workings. And then also, um, you know, along with that, you, the Magic have, a, and I, I don't usually do like, talk about any partnerships or giveaways or deals necessarily, but the Magic do have a partnership with Chase for both, for the games on the 12th, 14th, 16th, and 20th. So all the remaining home games, or all of the home games this preseason, Magic partnered up with Chase Bank, where if you are a Chase card hold member, credit card, debit card, whatever, if you show up to the box office around like uh, between five and seven, so basically if you're there at five p.m., you're probably going to end up with two free Magic tickets to that night's game. So 
pretty cool thing. So they're going to give away 2,000 free tickets over the next two weeks. And I think it's pretty cool. Again, the Magic are trying to get, you know, as part of their, I guess, their tip-off week or their tip-off month. And, you know, they always do giveaways. They always do special events. Haven't heard anything about a scavenger hunt this year, so we, I don't know if uh, we're going to be able to win that again this year. Trying to defend um, the crown. I know last year they tried to do a pub crawl. They had to cancel it. Have not heard anything about a pub crawl yet. like them to do a pub crawl, but um, the Magic always do a nice job trying to get Magic fans and non-Magic fans just a little bit more excited for the season to come. And let's face it, too. They, they have to do a good job now. They're not the only game in town, and there are other teams that are doing a, a good job with kind of guerrilla marketing and social media strategy. So I think it for the Orlando sports fan, uh, everyone's a winner. Yeah, and uh, finally, uh, we got to see the full uh, Stars uh, alternate jersey, uh, shorts included, yeah. as well as the top. Um, I got you know I got to see it live in front of me. I of course still like it. Um, a lot of people were hating on it. They just a lot of media people were hating on it. And look, it's something different. Whether Adidas is like, screw it, this is our last year. This is what you get. You know, Nike takes over next year. Don't care. It's something different. Um, I, I mean, it's again, it's made out of like sixty percent recycled material. Um, it's just a different look at kind of what you might see with uniforms when ads come into play. Um, you know, whether you like the the panels that kind of look like the Argentinian, Nicaraguan, or Honduran flag or not, I think it's okay. Could it be better if maybe they wrapped it all the way around? Maybe. Yeah. Um, the shorts look interesting. Uh, they they got the stars and whatnot. Um, some people said they looked like fake ripoffs of what you would expect an authentic short to look like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if your opinion has has improved or lessened on on those, Spence. Um. I I don't I don't hate the jersey, but I don't love the shorts. I feel like there could be if they were like jersey separates. I think the shorts are cool on their own, um, but they're they're really plain. And with such a plain jersey, I think they could have done well to add you know like a little panel or stripe down the side for the full length of the short, and it might made it might have made it look better. But that being said, uh, look, how many, how many times are they going to wear them? They got five other jerseys in the holster, so... Uh, at most, you, it'll be ten. Right, so, you know, we'll, we'll live with it. I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to purchase, but I, I don't hate it. I will think about it. Again, though, I don't really have the arms to support that, so I, it, it would have to be a, maybe like a drunk purchase. We'll see. No. Uh, we'll, <laughs> and uh, I think the Magic are giving away some of those jerseys as part of their kind of tip-off type events that will be going on. I think they have something called an Orlando Magic social media vending machine that they are debuting uh, for like the entire week before that Heat game on Look opening out. night. Are you allowed so, to talk about that? Yet? I am. I am. Um, yeah, it's the article is going to be on on Magic Basketball Online when uh, when you listen to this broadcast. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's not really detailed, but I mean, you can win stuff like tickets. I think like discounts and 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 gift cards and stuff like that. that jersey is going to be given away. I think a few times. So cool. And it's going to be at events all around town. Like I think the, one of them is like Winter Parks, like Art Fair or something. They did so. do something cool at Lake Eola last week. I don't know if any of our listeners got a chance to go out there and basically uh, they had like a ticket tree. So you just walk down to Lake Eola, reach up and. 
pull an envelope off and get tickets to different different games throughout the year. So again, lots of cool things going on for fans, and uh, stay tuned to the site to kind of make sure you're in the loop on everything. Yeah, so that'll do it. Uh, I think going forward, I think Spencer and I are going to plan on doing these uh, podcasts more the start of the week, you know, once we get through kind of a week of games. So we got three home games coming up right now with the Magic. Next episode, we'll probably talk about all of them, and we'll go from there. But uh, again, you can follow uh, the Magic Basketball Online uh, sto- site story only feed at Magic MBO on Twitter. Spencer, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And the preseason's upon us, so please, let's let's get it going. And uh, I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. Uh, again, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate us five stars. Again, if you don't like us, just rate us five stars. You can curse in the comments. That's fine. Uh, and you can find us pretty much anywhere, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Again, if there's anywhere that you think we should be, just yell at me and I'll, I'll figure it out from there. But until next time, see you soon.